Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. Hi, Michelle. Hey. I don't think it's streaming. No, I don't think so either. Um, it's also failing. Oh, nope. It just succeeded at connecting to uh, to Twitch. Hooray. It still says sending data from yep. my Facebook. Yep. It says sending data. Maybe we have to like reconnect it or something. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it still says. So I guess I'll just do it the old fashioned way. I hope that things look better for you on your end than they do for me on my end. You, you're like really heavily pixelated in large pixels. Um, you, we look normal on the Facebook thing because you got to remember that we're both not seeing what's actually being broadcast. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but you just had to comment on it, didn't you? It's just, they're so big. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't usually brag about things like that, but, you mm. know, so hopefully people are able to join us on Facebook. I shared the, uh, the filmmaker live thing. Mm-hmm. So, cause that's connecting. <clears throat> so how is everybody? Um, we have some people already tuned in, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing all right, but it has been a very chaotic day. <laughs> uh, David Ostegai said, howdy. Hey there, David. Hope you're doing well. I hope I said your name right. If I didn't, I apologize. I tried. I gave it the old college try. And that's all that matters. Hey, and there's Paul Lee. He said, hello. Hey, Paul Lee. How you doing, man? Um, and of course, the doggo cam is up and running. Yep. So, which is always important. So we can watch Chicano sleep. Oh, thank you. So David said I did perfect on his name. All right. Good. Yay. You know, growing up with a name like Enricuto, I, I can be a little sensitive about messing up other people's names. Just a little bit. So, um, yeah. So we're uh, <laughs> we're sitting here hanging out. I have been, yeah, I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. There are some business developments going on. Um, and not just... Uh, Oh, cool. And not just um, in the movie world either. Uh, Paulie said, uh, good, just turned a guy on to your movies yesterday. Well, thank you. Cool. I hope uh, he gets a real kick out of them. I, uh, so yesterday I got a phone call. Bizarre, bizarre thing to happen. I got a phone call from a guy I don't know who did do something annoying, which is he left a message with just his name and not like where he's from or what he does or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I returned his call, and it turned out he works for a uh, a financial services company, and they're expanding into the Dayton and Middletown markets. And they this guy who runs the regional offices for that company heard through some kind of grapevine that I am really I have really good people skills. So he was trying to fish me out of my own business. To come and, and make, I guess, good money selling financial services. He, uh, he said he could teach me all the mathematics, but he can't teach you how to be good with people. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was flattered, but I actually, I, it was the weirdest thing ever. I've never thought in my life I would have to say the sentence, I appreciate it, but I think I'm going to stay in show business. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm going to stay in, a, in the fields related to show business. So he was very nice about it. He, uh, he said he would talk to his business partner about potentially hiring me to do some videos for them. That's really nice. Yeah. It couldn't hurt. So, but it was just really weird. I was like, I was being headhunted <laughs> from like, I'm just, I've never been like really, I've never really worked in a field outside of my field. <laughs> so it was very interesting to have somebody like, we want to interview for, to possibly run the sales. And I'm like, Oh, no. Also, as soon as I sat down and looked, I realized that I did not actually finish getting ready for the stream. 
Really? You, you look fine to me. Oh, you, you saucy flirt. Um, no, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, uh, this is better than I could be. But I desperately need a shave. I desperately need to put the little thingies in my little beardo. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And uh, David Ostegai said, when Monster.com was around, I used to get those calls. That was the weirdest thing. This guy was like a guy in my community who uh, somebody was just like, here's Henrik Kuto's phone number. Call him and see if he wants to work in finance. You should have asked who he got your number from. I, I, I kind of did, and he just kind of skirted that. Oh, oh. So maybe it was an enemy. Um, that gave them. Somebody's trying to get you out of show. Yeah, they're they're like they're yeah. like we don't need this guy messing up the business of show. Yeah, we need exactly. him out of here. Hey, it's Alan. Alan Holloway. Hey. Uh, how are you doing, Mister Henry Kuto? You going to be at Horror Hound this month? I will not be at Horror Hound this month. Um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out with my schedule. I enjoy doing conventions, but they are relatively high financially risky. So I had to pick and choose. And generally when it comes to conventions and when I have to choose, I choose cinema wasteland first. And then horror hound is a close second cinema wasteland is the first weekend in April. So it's really close. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be at cinema wasteland in Cleveland, but unfortunately not at horror hound this time around, but you never know what the future holds. Zip Hansel, hola everyone. Hola, como estas? Uh, um, uh, de donde es biblioteca? <laughs> um, oh dear, David's asking the hard hitting questions. When may we see new popcorn fodder episodes? So, David, I'll happily answer that for you. I don't wholly know. So, I will tell you, so popcorn fodder is an interesting topic because that first season we did was completely fueled by, (laughs) sorry, I'm just laughing at this. Uh, That show was completely fueled by passion and my mother buying the couch for the set because I didn't have any money for a couch for the set. So my mother was like, well, what, what couch are you looking at? And I was like, I showed her the the picture of that red, that awesome red couch that's on mm-hmm. the set. It's, it's one of those couches, you know, it isn't a very comfortable couch, but it looks yeah. really cool, yeah. but that's perfect when you're only going to sit on it while you do the podcast, the, the show. And then you're done. You know, you don't have to, I didn't spend, I never sat on it for more than an hour at mm-hmm. a time. So so the couch is fine. But literally my mom was like, that couch is only like $145. I'm getting it for you as a gift to the show. And then I was like, oh, well then I guess we have a couch. Cause literally we were waiting to film because I was trying to find couches on the side of the road that look good enough for the set. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and also didn't uh, appear to clearly be made mostly of bed bugs. It's hard um, to tell. <laughs> uh, so as far as popcorn fodder, that first season, yeah, it was all uh, spit and shoe polish. It was all done with with passion. And unfortunately, when you have a passion program, it's not that it, we're not going to do another season because we are because we love doing it. But mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't happen in a timely manner when you're just kind of popping it out in between projects and things like that. Now... Popcorn fodder has only been on Tubi, which is the biggest thing that's ever happened to the show is the show being on Tubi. It's only been on Tubi for a little over a month. So, or maybe two months. So if Tubi starts showing us some really good earnings because Tubi pays very fairly, that would expedite popcorn fodder getting made. The other thing that expedites popcorn fodder getting made is Patreon membership because the first season was pretty much paid for by Patreon. Mm-hmm. So if you really love popcorn fodder and you really want to get involved in seeing it come through, watch it on Tubi as many times as you can stand. Uh, we get like three cents every time you watch it. I know that doesn't sound like much, but that's really pretty fair. If you think about it. I mean, the, the audience is paying nothing. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, watch it on Tubi. But if you really want to have a direct impact, then help us bump up our Patreon numbers because the higher the Patreon numbers go, the more podcasts and the more uh, popcorn fodders and, and things like that are going to be created. 
So, and if you're interested in that, you can go to patreon.com slash, uh, incredibly handsome. And that's my Patreon. And, uh, if you back it for any amount of money, it's a huge help. Uh, and when we do begin the second season of popcorn fodder, the episodes will be releasing every other week on Patreon long before they end up on any kind of streaming service. So that's worth mentioning as well. So that's the place to be if you want to be involved in popcorn fodder and you want to see new seasons sooner than ever. But that being said, uh, myself and our producer, Dan Wilder did sit down last weekend and we started picking the movies. So we are in the process. So it's going to happen. Oh yeah. yeah. You first up, you pick the movies, then you write the episodes, then you shoot it and then you edit it and then it's done. So, so we're really like working on, uh, <laughs> we're really working on it. And there's this tricky thing where our studio is not very well climate controlled. So right now it's, it's a little too cold, <laughs> but soon it'll be way too hot. Yeah. But we shot the first season with it way too hot. What we would do, no joke. What we would do is we'd open all the doors, uh, that led into the house and we would put box fans in the doors like two hours before we started and just try to get the air conditioning to fill the studio space as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that worked okay. Yeah. That worked okay. I was trying to figure out like something that you could do, but it, none of them work. So. Oh, you oh. mean like all those little coolers? What? What? Oh, no, it doesn't work. Well, thanks, Michelle. Jeez. What if you just took ice and just put it all over the floor? <laughs> I think that that would just create an incredible slipping hazard. Yeah. That's the other problem with filming popcorn fodder is the studio is very small. <laughs> Um, sometimes uh, the dogs will jump off the couch and decide to just go wander and everyone's like, cause we're waiting to make sure the dogs don't knock any cameras over. Yeah. Cause as much as I said, it's like, it's a passion project. It is filmed professionally. We have three, 4k cameras running mm -hmm. and a teleprompter system and it is a lot of fun. So I intend for it to, to return soon. The first episode of season two is actually already completed. That's the uh, the, the Christmas special where uh, I hosted Silent Night, Bloody Night. And uh, that's a good one. So that's the beginning of season two. So we have seven more to do. And uh, and that's what's up. So, <laughs> but uh, right now, as I, as I record this, the beautiful red couch is sitting covered in plastic, uh, waiting and waiting for its opportunity. I also want to mention in case uh, David hadn't heard this story. The other reason that Popcorn Fodder Season 2 has been so held up is we had a streaming service, a upstart streaming service, so not one you've heard of, come to us and ask us to produce more episodes exclusively for their streaming platform. Yeah. We negotiated. We made a deal. It was a deal I was pretty happy with. It wasn't like crazy money, but it was like if we did the show efficiently, it was like the pay of a part-time job, you know, like a little bit of money in my pocket. And then they ghosted us like twice, twice. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what well, the funny thing is. So the first time they ghosted us, when they came back to me and said, we really want to do it. I literally just asked for twice as much money as the original agreement. And they yeah. were like, I feel like wasn't our original agreement this much. And I was like, don't know, but the current agreement is this much. <laughs> as I always like to say, it's it doubled for being an asshole. You know, that's, I've done that to, in business every now and then I'll double yeah. it for being an asshole. So, um, but yeah, so that actually kind of hurt my, my kind of mentality about doing season two, because sure. for a while it felt amazing. Oh my God, we got like picked up by somewhere and we're going to get to do this. And then it just got dashed. So when we do the, the new season, it'll be independent. Just like the first one, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll get to choose the movies we host. And, uh, I'm really thankful. I will say I'm really thankful that Tubi decided to take popcorn fodder because I'm getting so many more emails and messages and, and, and stuff from people. And, and Instagram has been a big place where people find me to tell me how much they like the show. I'm so glad it's finding a second life. And I hope that that turns into us doing a second season, which will inevitably be picked up by Tubi. But yeah. So anyway, long story short, soon. Enjoy watching it on Tubi, and if you can, please join the Patreon. As little as $1 a month will make a difference in the content I produce. So, anyway, that was a long explanation because it needed to be. 
Alan Holloway said, totally understand about the convention thing. Uh, Paul Lee said, I still get job offers to do what I currently do, run a shop, but for someone else. Um, no, that's how I feel. I did way back when get like, not a job offer, but I got like, um, a company fishing about if I would come and work there and they were a video distributor, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling it on the have a boss thing. (laughs) Not feeling it. Not really worth it. I mean, it's almost been in June. It'll be eight years since I've had a boss. So, um, and zip Hansel said, I've been watching on Tubi. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. And zip was saying, uh, I'm right down the road from you. If you need props, let me know. I have an industrial, uh, popcorn maker. I might let you know. I I wanted a popcorn maker to be a part of the set, but again, the set is very small. (laughs) You could just put it on the couch (laughs) right next to me, but that's where the dogs sleep. No, no. No. Now it's the popcorn maker. And Paulie said, I got lucky. My studio is studio, lair, and sl- uh, slash man cave. Fair. I mean, I live on my own, though. So um, my living room is my theater slash where I smoke cigars because I'm a stud and I do what I want. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, Feel free, guys, to ask any questions you have. I, I was uh, I loved being able to answer your popcorn fodder episode question like right there to you. But that all being said, I wanted to uh, talk about. I had a subject in mind this week because I actually did like a vague amount of prep. And oh. I, I know you're you must be very startled. I am. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you, Michelle, about. So I'm I'm right now finishing a long term project, and I'm about to start finishing another long term project. Mm-hmm. And sometimes finishing is really difficult. For lots of reasons. Sometimes it's technical. Sometimes it's artistic. Sometimes it's emotional. There are all kinds of reasons why it can be difficult to finish something. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the pandemic, thanks to when I had COVID-19, I ended up with a lot more emotional battles than I would care to admit um, when it comes to getting things done. Yeah. Because before the pandemic and everything, that was kind of my calling card. My calling card was getting things done. I was known as the guy who would like finish movies. That was the big thing. Finish movie, finish movie, finish movie. Yeah. You okay? You look concerned. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, Paulie said, uh, I have a full finished basement, but do share the rest of the house with family. My layer I share with the pets. Oh, that sounds nice. That does sound, that sounds cool. Um, so Michelle, no. Uh, so, so I'm finishing right now as a movie and, uh, the people on Patreon have been able to see it in advance, by the way, that's another great reason to join the Patreon is you can watch a brand new movie I directed right now before anybody else, but it was really challenging and I'm still in the process of finishing, even though it's technically finished, I have to do some output work on it and, and it's just, it's not really done yet. You know? Yeah. It's close though. It's very, very close. And all the hard stuff is done. So what I want to ask you, Michelle is like, what was the hardest thing you've ever had to finish? I, I, I mean, since I saw you put that up there, I've been trying to think about it. I don't know that <laughs> I've ever finished anything, you know, like what have I ever finished? Um, your, your music albums. That wasn't that hard though. Like that's not, Oh, humble brag. Michelle is oh, back. No, like, ladies and gentlemen, Telling you it's easy to make an album. (laughs) It wasn't like your first. Okay, let's talk about your first album. Well, my first album was um, actually um, uh, like recorded by. um, By uh, somebody at your school. Yeah. So that wasn't hard because I didn't finish it. So you didn't mix it or anything? No, I didn't mix it. Really? Yeah. Wow. That must be nice. No, it wasn't nice. Were you not happy with how they did it? Um, It was okay. I wouldn't have done it that way, though. Like, it was for a project for them, so I was like, eh, don't fuck it up. Um, uh. Here we go. Watch Michelle uh, copyright strike me. If I call this number if I, I like this song a lot. Ring, 
Yeah, that's I do. Nice. Hear um, your voice on the, the other end. If you said, how are you, would I let this out? If I are you just going to hide the whole time? Go away! I don't want to hear me sing. Why not? Cause I, cause I don't like me singing. Then why do you sing if you don't like you singing? I don't know. My point is, okay, so that one wasn't hard because somebody did all the hard work for you. Yeah, but now I'm like, saying. I don't, I don't even know if that's the one I was talking about. Oh, I thought the No Regard to Sanity was the one that somebody else did. I'm trying to look at the the songs on it. I like that it says, ask me to fucking play, to play these songs at a show, I fucking dare you. Yeah, see, I don't think that's the one I meant. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it wasn't No Regard to Sanity, was it Sidewalks? I think it was Sidewalks. Really? Yeah. Wait, I, no, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like... dependency. Because yeah. I feel like, huh. Because I feel like, um... No regard to sanity sounds much more different than everything else you've done. It's just because it's so old, though. <laughs> I mean, this, unless I'm wrong. I, it's, this is the first song uh, I ever heard of yours. And I don't know if these words will ever grace those iPod ears out of the smear of contempt. That you use to block my way. I just thought you should know that the radiating heat is not because of jealousy. <laughs> All right, sorry. I was getting into it. I'm pretty sure that's the one because okay. because um, like doesn't that have like some drums on it and and shit? It does. Um, I don't think that song had drums. Let me. No, I no, I don't mean that song. I mean that album. Has drums? Yeah. I don't think so, dude. What the fuck am I thinking about? Then? There's drums on the other album. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe I'm just wrong. There oh, there's drums go. on this, on Cigarettes and Concrete. Yeah. And Don't Feed the Hobos doesn't have drums, I'm pretty sure. So... I don't know. Anyway. I, don't know. I, I just, I, like, with just, now, I'm not prepared. I don't know now. <laughs> if it, if the song has drums on it, I did not record it myself. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you couldn't have had somebody just play drums for you? I could have, but I didn't want to. It was not my idea. Oh, oh so. so you're anti-drum person, huh? I'm anti, yeah. I mean, I'm anti-drums for myself, not for anybody else. I like drums. <laughs> okay. You're like, some of my best friends are drums. Yeah. How could I be anti-drum? <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, oh, Paulie commented and said, uh, my hardest thing for me to finish is my first movie. Was planning to shoot summer 2020. I think that became another reason to put it off. Yeah. 2020, you know, that was a son of a bitch. Uh made it very easy to justify putting things on the back burner. So I get that. But now my friend, the weather's warming up. It's time. Make your movie. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. Cause even if, even if it doesn't turn out the way you want, even if you're not happy with it, at least you did it. So yeah. pe people like me, you know, people like me who've made a bunch of movies and done a bunch of the blah, 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 and the blah, 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 with the blah, blah, blah. We respect that people make movies at all, even if we don't like them. Because we know what a pain in the neck it is to do them. Yeah. How much work it takes, how much blood, sweat, and tears it has uh, involved. So I say, you know, be audacious. Do whatever you want. And screw the the disbelievers. Yeah. The, yeah. What are you doing? Oh, I'm looking to figure out which album <laughs> is what. Um, I believe... Yeah, because... Um... 
the fuck, Michelle? Yeah, Michelle. I don't care anymore. I can't even, like... Sorry, my my brain is just not... Like, things are not going well. <laughs> I feel the same way. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, Paulie makes a good point. Yeah, said, it's definitely... You were right. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He said, thanks, now time management is kicking my ass, LOL. Yeah, well, I mean, that is a whole other can of worms. Everybody pretty much struggles with time management to some extent or another. It's funny because, you know, I don't have a day job. I don't have a family. Um, I'm an orphan. And uh, no, but I don't have like, a, I'm not married. I don't have children. And, but the, just the sheer amount of shit I have to do to keep my business running is enough to make me have to struggle to manage my time to go make a movie versus the time it takes marketing a movie or developing a movie or what have you. So it's time is like money. No matter how much of it you have, it'll never actually be enough. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. So I'm sorry that I know your music output better than you. No, I just like needed to see the song titles on the albums to see what was going on. And I like couldn't see them on the screen because they were all small. So I had to take a look. Well, I knew that, that, uh, that no regard to sanity EP had to be the one you were talking about because a couple of the songs like uh, Bane of my existence are like extremely produced. Mm-hmm. Like they have lots and lots going on. Yeah. I like, I like that about those songs, but they have lots and lots going on. Yeah. Not just the occasional like bass, but like a lot of like structuring with drums and structuring with mm-hmm. other instruments and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was, uh, I guess it was sidewalks. Um, I did have somebody for his like final project record that for me, but I had to re-record almost all of the songs. Oh, because he kind of like phoned it in a little bit, and I had to just go back and reorganize everything. So sorry if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. When you say he phoned it in, do you mean like, like what did, how did he do? He just did a bad job of recording or was it a bad job of mixing or? or? Uh, it was just like he, I, I let him have some, you know, some kind of, you know, like a little bit of kind of creative control over like arrangements, you know, kind of like um, on the No Regard to Sanity, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't like how they came out. And then later he was like, yeah, I don't feel like I did a really good job. So I think we were on the same page, but like, I I just like, things just didn't feel right. Um, So I just had to like redo a lot of it. Uh, Do you want to name their names so everyone can shame them? No. Dox them? No, I I like him a lot. He's, he's a, he's a good kid who's proud, who like I know exists still and could watch this, but probably is not. So. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Paulie said. My own business, family, gym. I put together three shows for YouTube, sleep six hours a night. Oh, look at him. I go to the gym. Must be nice. You know what you know what the it's independent filmmaking nice. did to me? It made me it made me chubbier. So <laughs> But it was weird when I was like, wait, I'm fat because movies? I can afford money. I can afford food because movies? That's weird. Uh, <laughs> um James Bud commented and said a relationship. Finishing a relationship, uh, I could see that being difficult. Although I've yeah. never thought about putting it as finishing. I always think of it as ending as opposed to finishing. But I guess you could finish yeah. a relationship. It just that sounds epic. Like you're like you 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 hit the line. And it's like we're not together anymore. And then somebody like dumps cold water on your head. And you're like yeah yeah. That's what it feels like when I ended yeah. relationships. So I don't. Know. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that you got some joy. Out of uh, the destruction of others' feelings, more joy out of their feelings being destroyed. It's important. It's very yeah. important. Yeah. Um, let's get Doggo Cam up and see. Yep, he's sleeping peacefully. Uh-huh. I know. Why is he so cute? Henwolf's refusing to sleep out there. She only sleeps by my door. It would be so cute if they were both on the couch. Yeah, she can't. 
has to protect yeah. her. She's gotta. I mean, I'm a I'm a dummy. I'd I'd just I'd just fall down a thing and die. So, uh, James Bud said, "I need more f- uh, found footage movies." I'm assuming is what he means by FF movies. Um, Final well, Fantasy. <laughs> Final Fantasy movies. Well, James, I mean. I don't know how many of mine you've seen, but there are several on Tubi, which you can watch completely for free. Uh, Devil's Trail, Amityville, no, wait, no, Amityville not, isn't on there. Uh, Alone in the Ghost House is on there, though. Uh, so that's two. I think they'd be worth watching. Um, Paulie said, almost 48 and in the best shape I've ever been in since my 20s. Now I make more money and can eat better food, LOL. I mean, that's one way to do it, I guess. See, but I can like, I can like lose 18 pounds and be like best shape of my life since my twenties. Cause I was really fat when I was like 19 <laughs> years old. I was, I was a unhealthy potato. So, Aww. but if you got, if you're in such good shape, pick up a movie and do it. <clears throat> That's all it takes is strength, strength of the mind, strength of the biceps, strength of the testicles. Um, James Bud said, seen all yours. You don't remember me, but we chat from time to time. I referred to those. Oh, no, no, I do remember you, James. It's hard because, like, his picture is tiny. tiny? Yeah. But, uh, no, James, I remember we talked about cameras. Oh, yeah, because weren't you talking about wanting to make your own found footage movie? I could have sworn that, that you mentioned that. You were thinking about it. And I was like, hell yeah, you should. Found footage is a great genre to get into if you want to make your own movie with relatively minimal experience because it's meant to not be perfect and polished. It actually adds to the charm. So it's a really, it's a great way to creatively solve the problem of, I don't have a lot of experience or I don't have expensive gear. It's like, well, yeah. then tell a story through found footage. You know what's funny? Somebody was saying like, yeah, found footage is such a cop out, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, do you read books? Because a lot of books pretend to be diaries. It's the same concept, basically. I mean, not identical concept, but it's a very similar concept. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's not like like the found footage is really found footage. Like, you still have to shoot it. So it's not like somebody just went like, oh, you know, (laughs) like, here's a diary page. It's now the book. Yeah. Well, like, because in a lot of these books, it's like, oh, this, we're reading what he was writing just to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And and with found footage, it's like, oh, we're looking at footage that maybe he wasn't going to share with anybody or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Paulie said nearly every Lovecraft story. Well, in Dracula, Dracula is, uh, uh, is mostly told from the perspective of a diary. The original Bram Stoker's Dracula. I'm fancy because I say Bram Stoker. I don't know if you caught that. So I'm stopping everything to make sure everyone heard that I said Brom Stoker. <laughs> it's important. But uh but no, so I I think it's just it's just a basic storytelling concept. I mean, and the reason people came up with the idea of like, oh, it'll be a fake diary is because people wrote diaries. You know, people wrote journals. They they journaled yeah. and stuff like that. And that was a situation where you mostly write to yourself. And maybe someday people read it or it gets edited and published, but probably not. You're writing it for your own records. Yeah. So it made sense. And much like found footage movies have become, the people reading these fake journals will read them and be like, oh man, like it's creepy because I've written in a journal before or whatever. So I can imagine like this is really happening and they're taking a few minutes at night to write about what's going on. That's how found footage movies are becoming. Now that everybody has cell phones, video camera, cell phones, mm-hmm. people are becoming more and more used to watching raw footage. Yeah. And now, so then you hand them, you're like, here's some raw footage you might like. It has a monster in it. And you're like, ah, that's why I like found footage. <laughs> so that's all. So, Oh, Patty's in. Hey. Patricia said, "Hey gang. How are you? How are you doing? You were uh Patty, you were at um oh gosh, I feel uh, uh Horror Realm convention in Pittsburgh last weekend, weren't you? I think that was last weekend. Looked like you were having a really good time." Hey, Rob Fields. He said, "Yay, found footage." I don't know if that was a legitimate yay or just a yay, found footage. Yeah. Uh, Patty said, indeed, this past weekend. Nice, nice. Who'd you meet? Did you meet anybody uh, really cool that you want to uh, tell us about so that then I can comment on it and create content from it? Uh, (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, Rob was just joshing with me. Uh, he said, just messing around. Um, so I saw the Batman yesterday. Yeah. You and I talked about it briefly cause I told you all the spoilers, but yeah. you know, I save, I save that for just you. So, Thanks. uh, well, you, you're the one who's like, I probably will never see this. So you just yeah. spoil, spoil it. Uh Oh, wait, no, Dave just said no spoilers. Now I got to spoil it. Cause Dave asked for no spoilers. Yeah. Sorry, Dave, you just had to do it. <sighs> no. Um, I liked it. The, it. It didn't blow my mind, but it was good. Uh, I think I'm a little burnout on superhero movies. I'm a little burnout on like, you know, crime fighters doing this and this. I definitely appreciated that in Batman. It wasn't Marvel started to burn me out on the idea that like the world is at stake again and again and again and again. They're always saving this world, the world. You know, yeah, 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 sorry. No, what were you gonna say? I was just going to say, maybe the world wants to end. Maybe <laughs> if it's almost ending like every week, maybe it's just supposed to and they should stop. You heard Michelle here. She says, die. Everyone die. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, I just get tired of the state. When the stakes are that high all the time, it just kind of becomes noise. You know, it just becomes noise. It's like, oh, the world's at stake. And you're like, okay. Again, everyone in the world's going to die if this doesn't happen. That's why I liked when Spider-Man started up again. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> the first Spider-Man movie, um, uh, Homecoming, the big point of that is he had to save New York City mm-hmm. from a bad guy who wanted to mess up New York City. I liked that. Like, that made me happy because I felt like I could care about that and I could identify with it being a smaller space being threatened. But when it's constantly the destruction of the earth or the galaxy or the universe, it just gets played out after a little while, you need a little break. The the problem of course, is that once you raise the stakes that high, like how do you dial it back? You know, like, yeah. Oh, I saved the universe. Now I just have to save this town. Like who the fuck cares, dude? Oh, so what you're saying is like, let the little towns die. I'm saying sometimes you have to let the little towns just die. <laughs> Got it. Thank no, you, I Michelle. Mean, I'm saying that like you you save the universe, so you're telling me it's going to be hard for you to save like a town? Like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be hard, especially, I don't know. Well, Spider-Man didn't save the world by himself. He had the Avengers helping him. He saved New York by himself. Well, with some like little help from friends, he's not strong enough to like save a whole world by himself. That's the whole point. Yeah. I, I just meant in general, I didn't mean Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Rob Fields just said, uh, said, Hmm, maybe a weekly spooky idea. Thanks, Michelle. And then he said, don't you remember what Tommy Lee Jones told Will Smith and men in black? Please tell me. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I want to hear it. Uh, I want to hear it very much. Um, David DeNoyer said this part on the, this part on the conversation almost feels like a narration over the GTA carnage I'm causing. So he's listening to us while he's playing grand theft auto. Well, that's nice. Um, let them die. <laughs> uh, Patty said she met Amanda Bierce and Rachel true. Both were extremely nice. Rachel true demanded several photos with me. I told both ladies about my journey with cancer. Both were very understanding and sweet. Amanda told me that Christina Applegate tackled breast cancer. Hold on, I got to read the rest off the screen. Uh, bre- uh, tackled breast cancer and was recently diagnosed with MS. Uh, Rachel true gave me her blessings. Those are both awesome. Amanda Bierce, uh, played the, uh, Marcy, the neighbor in, um, in, uh, married with children. Okay. And I've met Amanda Bierce. She's super duper nice. So I am not surprised at all how kind she was to you, Patty. And I haven't met Rachel true, but she seems pretty awesome too. Um, I believe Rachel true's from the craft, the movie, the craft. I think that's who I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. 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 I'm thinking of Rachel true from the craft. So that is awesome. Patty. That is really, really awesome. Um, and Rob field said, uh, about how uh, Tommy Lee Jones said about how there's always something big going on, but the only way people get on with their happy lives is if they don't know about it. So that's fair. I loved men in black. Did you like men in black when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you like, I mean, I know you, did you like dance to the theme song? Doom, doom, oh. doom, doom. Here comes the man in black. 
Sure. Galaxy Defenders. Yo, yo, yo. The good guys dress in black. Remember that just in case we ever face to face and make contact. It's me, the MIB. Something, something, something you will never see. Remember? I do remember. I okay, didn't good. remember all those lyrics. So. I didn't remember most of those lyrics either. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, Mad Metal Man is back. He said, greetings, fine people. Happy you could catch us, homie. Uh, Rob Field said, uh, Men in Black was definitely one of my faves back in the day. I like I liked Men in Black a lot. I think Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones were a phenomenal pairing. Mm-hmm. Like, like way beyond, you know, a studio meddling. They just really, really, oh dear God. They really did a great job. Sorry, David just sent like the most unforgivable thing ever. He said, I did that rap for a talent show in second grade. Aww. David, I, I think. He's so young. Oh no. David said, uh, pretty sure that performance exists on VHS at my parents' house. If it does, it's like the ring tape. And when you watch it, you die. <laughs> Um, Patty said, Rachel had those metal photos and that's what I got signed. Nice. Oh, these metal photos. Nice. Uh, I like those, the new, the thing they're doing where they're printing photos on steel now. I think it's really Mm -hmm. cool. So it's nice and lack and long lasting. So David, what if I invite you into the, into the stream via your phone? You can do, we can do this. I've tested it. And then you sing the men in black rap for us. While you're sitting at home, sick, waiting to find out if you have COVID. Are you in, David, or are you a coward? It's okay. You don't I have want to, rap. to know, David. You're not feeling well. Come on, David. We all want you to do it. Come on, David. Oh. Yeah. Well, then just fake it. Come on, Dave. Don't be afraid. Don't be a chicken shit. Come on. I really want to embarrass David. It's important to me. Yeah, and you're on cold meds. That'll make you even better. Come on, David. You can look up the words and then you can. Oh, God, the chat's going crazy. (laughs) Rachel Rodolfi, do it, Dave. (laughs) Paulie, yes, David, step up. Yeah, come on, Dave. You always talk a bunch of shit and you never back it up. It's time. It's time. The chickens have come home to roost, David. Just put on a shirt and let's do this. It's okay if you want to leave and never come back. I would understand. I would love that. Uh... Did he say something sad? I'm I'm trying to send David an invite. He said, I didn't sign up for this. And then he made a cry laughing face. David, click the link I sent you. Open it in Safari on your phone and join us. This is, this is getting tense. Come here. I demand satisfaction. Is Giggs around being cute? She, she just left. She said Uh. something and then she left because I touched her. So she Uh. said something. You know why I love this microphone? No. Because when I'm recording Weekly Spooky, if I have my like face right on it and I realize I can't see the screen, I can like do this. I'll like talk while I'm pushing it forward with my face. Oh. Because the the like it's very well isolated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um I love that about this that like listen to that. Yeah, you can't you hear, hear it at all. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I'll be I'll be reading the show and I'll be like talking and I'll be going like this because I need to get closer to the screen to make sure I can read it. <laughs> so Dave, are you gonna do it or not? I think that's a no. I sent him the link. I sent him the link. I'm go- I, I sent him the damn link. He didn't get it. I'm waiting, David. We're all waiting. No, we're not. Everybody in the chat needs to start saying mean stuff to David. Unless he does it. Darth Kuto is trying to turn Dave to the dark side of the force. Come on, David. Let it in you. Oh, God, he's gonna. Oh, God. Why don't you? Oh, hold on. How long did you go to film school? Turn your phone the other way. You're so rude. Turn your phone. Oh, 
Hold up. <laughs> Is this really that difficult? We got uh, Paulie saying, come on, David. We got Med Metal Man saying, come on, Dave. I I do not remember any of this rap. Like, I really don't. Okay, <laughs> turn your because... phone horizontal, David. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, see? I can't see anything now. Who cares? <laughs> We're not do doing anything see? interesting. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so get yourself cozy, Dave. I'll <sighs> do you want me to count you in? Dude, yeah. I don't. I don't even remember how the damn rap starts. Come man in black, here come. Uh, give me a second. The good guys dressed in black. Remember that, just in case we have a face-to-face -face make contact. That's how the hell by me, M.I.B. I mean, what you think you saw, you did not see. So don't blame me. What was that? Because I go in black suits with the black ribbons on. Walking shadows, boob and silence. God against extraterrestrial violence. But yeah, we ain't on no government list. We straight don't exist. No names and no fingerprints. Saw something strange and watch back. Because you never quite know where the M.I.B.s is at. Uh, and here comes men in black. <laughs> Galaxy Defenders, here they come! Second verse. I'm trying to remember it. Hang on. <laughs> What's the first line? I don't know. Oh, I, You're I, the I thought you had the lyrics. <laughs> uh, uh, hang on, let me think for a second. <laughs> good luck with that one. Yeah, tell me about it. I uh, hate you for, for getting me to do this. Yo, we ain't on no government list. Is that straight? Don't exist. No names. No fingerprint. Now that's the that's the end of it of the first oh. one. Hold okay, on, I'm uh, finding okay. it. Uh, 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 uh. Now from the deepest of the darkest of night. To yourself, it's not on the rise in bright light into sight. To, oh. But then, like boom, black suits filled the room up. Written stock the witnesses hypnotize us. Mirror lies. Does the memory turn to fantasies? Ain't it MIBs when I please? Do what we say, that's the way you think it, Yogi. I can't remember it. <laughs> okay, David, we're gonna set your, we're gonna allow you to commit seppuku and set the dragon free. Hey, I appreciate. So, feel better, Dave. Good Thanks, job, brother. yeah, feel better. <laughs> Terrible job, Dave. Don't Love, be sick anymore, yeah. though. Love you, man. No worse. <laughs> Take care. All right, so <laughs> fix that. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for that wonderful distraction. Um, uh, Mad Metal Man says, it doesn't matter what you see, Dave, only landscape and portrait matter. It's true. And, oh, and then we got some uh, horns. He threw some horns. And then we got a comment from uh, Cooper Fullwire. Fullwiler? Wiley? Wiler? Uh, did you ever work with a guy named Adonis Lempke? I did. He was in one of my films. He was in uh, a movie called Nothing Good Ever Happens. I, I met Adonis on, uh, he was a volunteer at a movie theater we used to show films at. Um, and he had mentioned to me he was into, interested in acting. So uh, I auditioned him for a role and he ended up playing uh, a, a little side character in a movie called Nothing Good Ever Happens, which you can watch for free on Tubi. If you go to Tubi.com and type in Nothing Good Ever Happens, you'll find it right away, free to watch with that. But uh, yeah, Adonis is a cool guy. I liked him. Rob Fields laughing emoji. Rob Fields sideways crying laughing emoji. Rob Fields feel better soon, Dave. Uh, Paul E said, take care, Dave. Um, Rachel Rodolfi said, wow, that was amazing. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Mad Metal Man said, 10 out of 10 for Dave. And then Patricia Seeming said, that was great. See, Dave, you're a hero now because you stepped up. That was a wonderful experience for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, so, and now I have, wow, there are a lot of lyrics to the men in black rap. <laughs> so I should ask them to do uh, the uh, ninja rap from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. Uh, David said, thanks everyone. And then uh, Cooper said, sick, thanks. I will definitely watch Nothing Good Ever Happens. Thank you. Yep. Just to be T-U-B-I dot com. Um, it's completely free. Just search nothing good ever happens and, uh, enjoy and, uh, shoot me a comment on, um, on YouTube and let me know what you think of it. Um, Rob Field said, Dave and Hen should do an album together. Ah, mm -hmm. I mean, yep. if it's like a photo album, maybe. Nope. Nope. All like 
weird raps from like <laughs> pop culture. Will you produce it, Michelle? Will you like come up with our with our beats and stuff? Um, no, because it's all covers. So, but I mean, I can, I could, s- sure, sure, okay. All right. See, now I'm in. Okay. So. Oh yeah, Rob's right. He said you guys have done photos together before. We did do that thing where we uh we simulated the uh uh we recreated the um scenes from planes, trains, and automobiles. That was really fun. Yeah. So, Michelle, we were talking about finishing things, hard to finish things. So none of your music albums were hard to finish. Well, I guess if I guess I guess Sidewalks was complicated because I had to redo most of it. If that's what you want. I mean, I was just curious if like, I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, when I did albums, there was, I mean, not that they were impossible to finish, but they took a while and you had to dedicate and you had to not give up and you know, that's important. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just like, that's everything. It everything <laughs> always takes a while and you have to keep going and doing the thing forever. So like, I don't know. Is any of that any different? So, so in your opinion, everything is the same. Every, no, yes. No, in my opinion, everything is really, really hard. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. Like all of it. Everything is very hard. I would agree with that. Well, I'm sorry that everything is so hard. That's fine. Is there anything I can do to help? No. No? Okay, fine. Then I guess I'll just not be useful. I mean, if you want to do everything for me... I did that for a little while when your shoulder was messed up. No, you only did the important things. Like, can you, like, write for me and draw for me and make music for me? (laughs) Sure, since it's all so easy. Yeah, I'm going to just... No, I said it was all hard. (laughs) If everything is the same level of difficulty, then nothing is difficult at all. That's not true. No, that's not how it works at all. No, that's not how it no, works. No, really because at all. like everything could just be really, really hard. It doesn't. It's not like it's. They all have to be hard in the same way or anything. You know. Yeah. That's a fair point. I guess. Sorry. It's fine. I still like you. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Michelle. I'm sorry. Um, jeez. I, it, you got to understand from my perspective in life, I forget that other people haven't had to go through the absolute hell of completing a professional feature film on a super low budget. I'm like, you know, that, th- that moment when you're on like hour 155 and you just wish you were dead and then you're done until you realize that there was a mistake. I mean, I know that. <laughs> well, fine then. I mean, I don't know that for a feature film, but I've done <laughs> stuff like that before. Like what? With music. Where oh, it's like, okay. this is fine. And it's like, no, no. And then you you give it to someone to listen to. And they're like, I, I, I really like it, but I don't like how your voice cracks over there. And you're like, cool. I don't know how to fix that. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to try to fix it just because I care about your opinion. But you can't really fix it. You can mm. just kind of lower the waveform over there or record it again. And if yeah, you record it again, again it's going to sound bad. So when, when you're about, so when do you say the album is done? Like, when do you know this is done now? Um, when I, when it's fine, you know, like when everything, when, when I don't hear any bad things anymore, like not when it's good, just when it's like not bad. Well, like what I, uh, to be more specific, I mean, like, do you listen to it like, all the way through start to finish or, or like in the car do you listen to it all the way through on your headphone like how do you what what is yeah. your process yeah you do those things listen to it listen to the songs make sure the transitions are okay listen to it somewhere else like in a car um make sure everything seems okay and if everything doesn't seem bad then you say well i'm never going to listen to it again anyway and that's it when i did my first album uh euchre consequences I was, I had, I had done what you like. I had listened to it a lot, but I was in a tight, I was on a tight deadline. So I was starting to like burn out and having trouble. So I send, I I get it done and I send it off to a replicator or a duplicator to make a hundred copies and all of it sent off. And then I, I get in my car to go to work 
and I put on the music on my iPod, the the album, because I'm like still listen. I'm kind of obsessed with listening to it and making sure it sounds okay. But mm-hmm. now it's like it's too late. It's been sent. It's done. And all of a sudden I'm listening to it and it sounds awful. Like the bass is all wrong. The drum, the levels of the drums are wrong. They're like way louder than I thought they were. And I start having a panic attack while I'm driving to work. And I'm like, oh my God, I fucked up so bad. I I need to call them and be like, stop whatever you're doing because it's, and I started like literally panicking and panicking and panicking. And then I realized that the chord on the iPod had just come uh, unplugged slightly. So I was only hearing one channel all fucked okay. up. Okay. Yeah. That's terrifying. Big exhale, big exhale. All right. <laughs> so that was my scary experience. Um, Mad metal man uh, just commented. I don't have the full experience, but editing food but editing food, but f- editing film is a, n- a nightmare too. Par- pardon? <laughs> I wonder what that was. <laughs> he'll, he'll fill us in. Uh, they said the musician struggle is real. Yeah. I mean, for real. I keep saying I want to do another album and I have a few songs written and I keep saying like, I'm going to do another album. And now it's like, I have a million better microphones. I used to do every album with just the microphone you have right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even a different one for the mus- the instruments. Just just that microphone was the mm-hmm. only microphone I had in the world. Because you have the two the two set. Yeah, but don't I still you? just use this one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good microphone. That's the uh, legendary MXL nine ninety, one of the best sub one hundred dollar uh, condenser microphones you could get. It was my it was my number my numero uno podcast mic and music recording mic for. Uh, like six or seven years. And then when I came back to podcasting, I used that exact mic for the first like four or five months I was podcasting. And then I decided I was really excited to, um, get something a little bit to to upgrade. And also I get addicted to things like buying microphones. That's why I have the SM seven B because I'm just a pain in the ass. And I was like, I want a more expensive microphone because I hate myself. Um, Oh, he said editing film. Wait, now I don't understand. Yeah, wait, what? Because the original thing says, I don't have the full experience, but editing film, but editing film is a nightmare too. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe that was that. It just was repetitive. Yeah. Re- maybe it was only supposed oh, okay. to be. So you just but meant, but editing, editing film. film is really hard. Yeah. I got you now. I got you. Uh, yeah. Editing video film. It can be pretty challenging. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. <laughs> so, but on that note. I think I'm going to scoot out of here because I am going to try to catch a nap. Okay. I'm really tired today. I spent the vast majority of my day making deals and trying to pitch people on ideas. And I'm tired. Yeah. Also, I want to finish reading my, my book about Sam Sherman and Al Adamson. I've been reading that book, man. Once, once I like a book, I can't stop reading it. Like if it's, if it's like point pertinent to my interests, like I'll sit and read a book that I think is kind of okay. And like, forget to keep reading it. But then you hand me a book about like owning a distribution company in the 1970s. And I literally can't stop reading it. Like every piece of information is just like, gib, gib, gib. <laughs> David Denoyer said, Ooh, that book, uh, has got to be good. Uh, I'm referring to the book. When Dracula met Frankenstein is what they called it. Um, and uh, it's written by Sam Sherman. It has some stuff in it that I've never seen anywhere else. Like one of the biggest mainstays of East Coast film distribution was a guy named Jerry Gross. Um, and he was most he became most famous for running the Jerry Gross organization, which released tons of B movies. But he owned a company before that called Cinemation, which was a giant company. It was publicly traded. And I've literally never heard any stories about Jerry Gross other than like what he did with films, like what he did with them, how he distributed them. And, and Sam actually has a couple of chapters of him, like of stories of just like hanging out with him and getting to know him. Oh. And I'm like, that's really cool. Cause Jerry Gross was always very private. So there's no documentaries with him in it. And then he died in like 2007. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so that was really cool to hear, you know, like what Jerry Gross was like. So in fact, that's one of my favorite stories in the book because Sam Sherman is at a party on a Friday night in New York city in the 1960s or late sixties or early seventies. 
I think it was the early late sixties and he hadn't started his company yet, but he did own a movie that he was starting to release. It was the, his attempt to try it, try releasing a film. And as he's talking to a friend at the party, he tells his friend like what he's up to He's like, Oh, so you're working in film. And he was like, yeah. And then, and the guy was like, well, then you must know Jerry gross. And he was like, I, I don't, who, who is he? And he's like, Oh, he owns Cinemation. He's like one of the biggest, biggest distributors in New York city. You've got to know Jerry. You got to get to know him. And he's like, well, I'd love to meet him. And he's like, well, do you want to go meet him right now? And he was like, what is he? Is he here? Um, and, and, uh, the guy's like, no, but his office is on the corner. Cause it's New York. It's freaking Manhattan. So, <laughs> so they walk like three blocks go up. And, but the funny thing is like my favorite part of the story is he's like, go see him. It's 11 o'clock at night on a Friday. And he's like, trust me. So they go up into the office and sure enough, Jerry gross is sitting in his office, toiling away at 11 PM on a Friday night. <laughs> so, but he said that when he met him, he was incredibly gracious and excited for him, uh, that he was starting his own distribution and even gave him a little bit of advice about like who to avoid and who was good and, cool. and stuff like that. So, and then they ended up having a long friendship. So anyway, awesome. uh, Paul Lee says, I burned through three books in one night, a Bigfoot book, Untold Horror, and the Manos book because all got me hooked. That has never happened. I have never read three books in one week, let alone in one night. So rock and roll. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys all for hanging out and uh, for not making us embarrass Michelle by making her talk about her food snobbery this one time. But there's always next week. It's really, it's not even that interesting. So. <laughs> so, but everybody, please take care. Michelle, you take care. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>